Uh, we are glad that you are joining us this morning, whether in person or on our live stream. We have a good group in the balcony this morning. How's children, Children's World up there? Is it doing all right so far? I've only got about an hour sermon this morning, so uh, we'll be out in a timely fashion. I was looking for Laddie Ledford. He may be on security detail, but uh, Laddie and Wanda celebrated 50 years of marriage this week together. It occurs to me that people that celebrate 50 years of marriage, it's a greater accomplishment for others than it is some. And for Laddie, that's not a big deal being married to Wanda. But I got to thinking, Wanda married to Laddie, now that's an accomplishment. Amen? So, uh, I'm sorry. I wanted to make fun of the brother, but uh, I don't see him. So, uh, anyhow. Hey, um, I'm really excited this morning to share what God's put on my heart. We're going to be in John chapter 4 this morning. John chapter 4 is the longest recorded one-on-one conversation that Jesus has with anyone in the Scriptures. The only, and I'm not saying it's the longest he ever had with anybody, but the longest one that is recorded in the Scripture. The longest recorded one-on-one conversation that Jesus has with any person is contained in John chapter 4, and if you're familiar with it, it is a conversation he has with a lady that we call the woman at the well. Don't even know her name, but she's going to be a part of the club in heaven of overcomers because of the day and the conversation that we will uh, look at today. It is an amazing story, so powerful. It's something, quite honestly, I want you to dig in deeper with after we just kind of touch on some high points this morning. There's two resources I want you to, to look at. One of them is a new resource for me, which is, and I know this sounds like a plug, like I'm making money off of this show, but this new production called The Chosen. It's on YouTube TV. Only season one. There's only eight episodes so far. They're doing season two. Episode eight the end of episode 8 is this encounter with Jesus and the woman at the well. It is a powerful presentation that just really brings it to life. The other resource that I'm going to touch on this morning, and I want to give credit to uh, many of my, my thoughts, are from a book called The Search for Significance. So if there are themes that resonate with you as I talk today, know that any good thought I had came from someone else. It came from another book, The Search for Significance. And I would say if it resonates with you today, then order uh, off of Amazon uh, The Search for Significance by Robert McGee, I think, is the author. Uh, it's significant to me if this is the longest recorded conversation that Jesus has in the Gospels that there has to be some pretty significant stuff that when God inspires John to write this, he goes, no, I, I've, I've got to give all the details. And I don't even think this is all the details, but I'm going to give so many details. And so I think it's very important today as I read this that you are very observant. I don't want to just read it. I want you to get it. And then we don't really have time to, to dig into every little detail and so I want you to be very observant about the details 
of what the story reveals about this woman's life and what it was in that conversation that Jesus took her from there to where she ends up at the end of the story. Let's pick it up in verse 3 of John 4. It said, He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. And he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, set thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself? as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. 
the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Hmm. At this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, why do you, what do you seek and why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. <laughs> Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Skip down with me to verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all things that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Uh, we begin in the details of the story to see the woman's life. I don't necessarily want to cover it in order. Uh, what is discovered later in the story is that she has had five husbands and the man she is living with, she's not married to. You see that in verse 18. It does not come out immediately, but it comes out in time. So what we began to pick, piece together in this woman's life uh, is that she had failed in relationships and we don't we don't know the details of those stories, but rather amazing, five husbands and in a relationship now with a man that she's not even married to, so that you begin to pick up on the story just as we glean details from this conversation of this became the pattern of her life. There's something actually much deeper there because be you begin to piece that together and what you see is that this woman, when you, when you really get down and you evaluate that, this woman was searching for something to fulfill something inside of her, but in all of her attempts she had failed and she had not discovered that which was missing in her life. And so I think she had gone from relationship to relationship. In fact, I believe this is pictured in her daily uh, coming to the well to draw water. Jesus is going to say, he, He's going to start with water in her life. 
And you're going to see this mentioned, but every day she would have come to the well. And I believe it is, it is emblematic of that pursuit in her life somehow to quench this thirst in my heart. And we can see that maybe in those relationships, but you see it pictured. And she even says something that, in Jesus, there's a play in the conversation. Jesus says, I'll, I'll give you water so that you'll never have to come back here again. And she says, well, give me that water so that I don't have to keep coming back here day by day. But I think when you dig down deeper in her life, in her relationships, and pictured in the, in the drawing of water, that she is seeking to have something inside of her quenched. Now, in verse 6, we are told that she came at the sixth hour, uh, which in the reckoning of the first century would have been noon. That is a significant statement because it is not the time that women come to the well to draw water. They would have come early in the morning, late in the evening. This is true not only in their culture. <laughs> we see this in Africa. They're going to come in the cool of the day, either at the start of day or at the end of the day, to draw water and one of the things we discover about Africa is the well is a gathering place for women to socialize I don't have time to trace that out today just note but notice this woman surely because of her lifestyle she had been ostracized by the other women uh, quite honestly she had probably also chosen to alienate herself from others in those relationships, but surely they had also isolated themselves from her. This woman, we discern from the story, was a social outcast because of the life that she lived. If you're counting strikes, that's about two strikes right there. Uh, failed relationships, a social outcast. There's something else from the story that we discover about the woman is there was something actually in the religious, spiritual realm that she was also separated from a connection with God. She alludes to this when she says that uh, you Jews say that it is on the mountain. Uh, and I, I will note that it is raining very hard outside. I know you can't see, but uh, let's all take it in. It's raining very hard outside. It's dry in here. Uh, it's interesting as we're talking about water this morning, it's pouring outside. Um, so she talks about how you Jews worship, you say it's at Jerusalem, we say it's on this mountain. The crazy thing is they're standing at the base of Mount Gerizim where the Samaritans would have built a place of worship to rival that which was in Jerusalem. We'll talk about the Samaritans here in just a minute. But here's the significance to me. It's not just a theological point. This woman is searching for something as Jesus is revealing her life about. So if you're a religious man, how do I connect with God? Well, you say it's in Jerusalem. We say it's on Mount Gerizim. Here's the bottom line, people. This woman wasn't welcome at either place. She wasn't a Jew. She wasn't welcome in Jerusalem. But let's just be honest, because of the lifestyle and her history and her past, she wasn't welcomed at the place of worship for the Samaritans either. And I think there is this statement of how will then she connect with God? There's no connection. 
no means of connection that she has with God, or at least in her mind. To top all of this off, um, she was a Samaritan and she was a woman. Samaritans were an interracial people, partly of Jews, partly of non-Jews. And so they were ostracized by the Jews. They were interracial. Uh, they had not stayed pure. The Jews only married Jews. The Samaritans had intermarried. And so they were not of a, what the Jews would consider a pure race. She is a Samaritan. That's about strike four or five. She was a woman. And so culturally, it wasn't even acceptable for Jesus to be speaking to her. And the disciples say that. When they get there, it's like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, it was not culturally appropriate particularly for a Jewish man to be speaking to a Samaritan woman. Every detail to the story denotes that this woman had barriers to overcome if she had any possibility of getting to God. What I would say to you in relationship to all that we've talked about this summer is that the enemy had done a number on this woman. I actually, when I started this week... I said, well, I'm looking for an illustration of those who had to overcome their past failure. And I came to the woman at the well, and I said, what a great example of a woman who had a past. Well, what I discovered was it wasn't just her past failures that we talked about. It was secondly what we talked about, character flaws that became challenging circumstances. What I'm saying to you is what I discovered this week is I could not categorize this woman into one of those obstacles that she had to overcome. She had to overcome it all. Because the enemy had done a number on her. He had used her past failures to develop character flaws in her life that led to challenging circumstances. And the enemy had said to her, I really believe, and this would be statements from the, the book The Search for Significance, because you have failed, you are a failure. That is who you are. You will never change. You are hopeless. The enemy had built prison walls around her that boxed her in. She had no hope. Somehow, in a short conversation with Jesus there is an immediate change in this woman's life that's rather amazing and I said to you this is the longest recorded one-on-one -on -one conversation that Jesus has with anyone but we read it in about five minutes I don't know how long this conversation is maybe there's more that was said maybe it's 10 maybe it's 15 minutes but this lady has all of this track record she is boxed in in so many ways in her life that there is no way out. There is no hope. And in 10, and 15, 10 or 15 minutes, Jesus brings about an immediate and radical change to her life. And the question is, how? How is it possible that with all this woman had to deal with, that Jesus could bring such an immediate change to her life. And here it is. This is it. 
If you actually you want to get up and leave after this, that's fine. Because this is it. The box she lived in was not real. The box, the enemy, the people of her town, and she herself had put herself in, that box was not real. It was constructed by the lies of Satan and enforced by the people around her and conceited in her own mind. You see, in a moment's time, lies are destroyed by the truth. It, were, it was walls that were constructed out of lies. And when the truth showed up that day, the walls all fell. And so there was an immediate change. You know, sometimes the stories I'll tell this summer about overcomers, it's like, well, you know, hmm, we're going to see the overcoming when we get to glory. I don't know why I broke out into song right there. Um, you know, it's like, oh, in the sweet by and by, we're going to see it then, you know, we shall overcome and all of that. No. There are times where the overcoming is immediate and it is dramatic because of the power of Jesus. The picture I get is that Jesus drops into enemy territory. I love this thought uh, of even the Jacob's well was built in enemy territory. If you think about it, they came there as sojourners. and they, You know the reason Jacob had to dig a well? Because he was not welcomed among those that were around him that had water sources. And so he had to dig a well there. And God, I think, miraculously provides water for he and his crew. It was water in the midst of enemy territory that was so critical. The other thing about the story that I think, oh, there's so much in this. It's like the, the play on the woman's statement. It's like Jesus said, give me a drink. And he says, well, if you'd ask me, I'd give you a drink. And she goes... I, I just get sarcastic here. It's like she said, boy, you ain't, you ain't you got nothing to draw with. <laughs> and the well is deep. Jacob's well, still to this day, 100 feet deep. You can't just scoop the water out with your hand. You've got to go deep to get it. And the irony of the story is the woman had somewhere, had the ability to fetch the water, the physical water in the well, but she had no physical ability or spiritual ability to draw the living water. Someone would have to do it for her. And he showed up that day. Of all days, of all people, of all places, the Messiah, the living water, shows up that day. Only Jesus could do that. And the truth that he injects in her circumstances that day frees her. Somehow by the end of that 10 to 15 minute conversation, she intuitively knew that God had arranged the meeting that day. I love the statement in verse 4 when it says that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. 
Do you understand why Jesus needed to go through Samaritan, Samaria? That one woman. Jesus has an appointment of all people that Jesus would give his time to. It was that woman. Somehow by the end of the conversation, she comes to the place to believe in Jesus the Messiah who knows everything about her life and she intuitively understands that he came to that well for her that day. And somehow she projected that out to know that there was a God that loved her enough to come seeking her out. When she did not have the ability to draw life out, God came looking for her. When she was fleeing for others, God was looking for her. Wow. Of all the people that Jesus could have picked to be the messenger to the Samaritans, she was the one, as unlikely a messenger as anybody could be. You see, when Jesus interjects, interjects his truth that day, she understands, no, God loves me. And God forgives me of my past failures. They do not, my failures of the past do not define me because God loves me and he has provided a way for me to get out of my past failures and that there is hope to connect with God. And that's, that's actually the, the answer of Jesus in verse 23 when she says, well, you say that mountain, we say this mountain. The reality is she couldn't go to either, either mountain. Jesus said, no, the time is now that those who will connect with God will do so in spirit. won't be about a mountain. won't be about taking a physical sacrifice. Do you understand when Jesus said those who, who will connect with God will connect with him through spirit and truth? She was welcome at that place. She could come to God. You see, the woman at the well had to overcome it all. The past failure, the character flaws, the challenging circumstances. And Jesus, as he interjects his truth, and I wish we had time to, to detail it more, but we don't this morning, that he frees her of the box that she and others and the enemy had put her in because he in, injected truth into her life that God loved her her past failures were forgiven. You can change, and God can bring you hope regardless of what your past and others say about you. I thought about that verse of Scripture in John 14, 6, when Jesus says that, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. For the woman at the well, before the day she met Jesus, there was no way, there was no truth, and there was no life. But when Jesus came that day, he became the way out of her box. He became the truth that the Heavenly Father says about her, and he flooded her life with life that was everlasting. You see, that's what she discovered that day. She discovered the living water who is Jesus, who totally changed her life. 
You see this in the picture of the scripture because she is so excited and Jesus is so pouring his life into her, she no longer even physically uh, is thirsty. She leaves her water pot. I think John writes that detail and he's that guy going, excuse, ma'am, 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 excuse, your, your water. All right, never mind. You know, she's on down the road. It's like, sister, you forgot what you came here for. You see, it didn't matter anymore. Jesus totally changes her life. And of all the people to bring the message about the Messiah to those people of Samaria, it is this outcast woman with a past who was isolated from the, and alienated from the people around her. But when the, the living water begins to flow in her life, she is totally changed. She becomes the most unlikely witness. And normally she would have just, I think she would have walked the streets of Sychar with her head down. But that day, she's, she's announcing to the men, could this be the Messiah? Because of the life that had been poured into her, now she has boldness. And uh, God uses her to change the people around her. Isn't that an amazing story? Thank you. We have children clapping. That's good. Thank you. That was the appropriate response. Uh, I want to leave you this morning with one of those overcoming verses. I have to keep going back to it. And it's in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 11. As Jesus is talking about the enemy, the accused of the brethren, it says in Revelation 12, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony. There was power in that woman's testimony. I don't know what would have happened if she hadn't said anything that day. But there was power. There was, there was transformation of life because she went and she said, Could this be the one we have been looking for? You see, because Christ was pouring his life into her when her life was based upon the truth. The blood of Jesus overcame her past. But the word of her testimony was that Jesus is the living water that if you drink of it, you will never thirst. Amen? Amen. This morning I'm going to ask you to stand and I'm going to pray and we're going to be dismissed today. Um, I want to say if you're watching by live stream, uh, if you need to speak to someone about uh, your relationship with Christ uh, or need, just need somebody to pray with you, we're going to post, I think, my information, Cricket's information is there, maybe Byron's information is there. Reach out to us if you need something, someone just to pray with you. Uh, if you're here this morning, I'm going to be at the front after we're dismissed if you'd like to come and, and visit with me. Uh, but I want to pray and, you know, I want to just pray for us as a people, as a nation. Um, and I think the last week, quite honestly, for me, has been an emotional setback. Um, but sometimes the preacher has to preach his own sermons to himself, you know, and to say, God's still on the throne, and God's going to see us through this, and God is greater than this. And I think you even see that in the story of the woman at the well, of just, man, circumstances can look so bad.
But when Jesus comes with his truth and he pours in his life, it changes everything. And I pray that God would give us that overcoming spirit and would pour his life into us. So let me pray, and then we're going to be dismissed, okay? Thank you. Father, we love you, and we do thank you, Jesus, that you are the living water. That, Father, uh, if we've pursued all of our life something to satisfy us, Father, we thank you that Jesus meets us at all of our needs. And so, Father, today I pray that you would give us an overcoming spirit and you would fill us with your presence and you would fill us with hope and joy, Father, and that we would serve you and we would be the ones who would overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so, Father, we trust all that to you. We thank you for this time and we pray it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. You are dismissed. Amen. <laughs>